Welcome to the week six, heading into week seven edition of the Waiver Wire podcast with the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Ken Wyrock. I am joined once again by Matthew Betts. And uh, Betts, how you how you doing this week? You did a week without me with Okada. That was pretty awesome, but I'm back in action. Yeah, man, we're back in action. We had a, a rare Monday morning edition of the Waiver Pod. I was homesick and Okada was kind enough to wake up at the crack of dawn. Uh, 6.55, I believe it was, uh, West Coast time to do the waiver pod. So it was fun, but glad to have you back. Yeah, we'll get back into business here. Um, as far as the waiver pickups this week, I, I got to say it's really not terribly exciting. There's probably a couple guys that, you know, if they slip through the cracks last week, you might have an opportunity to go slide in there and get them. You know, if your league missed out on them already, maybe you won't have to pay up too much. Kind of depends on what they're uh, week six production was like, but let's swing right into the quarterbacks. Uh, uh, first, right away, I know you, I think you guys talked about him last week. We got to just bring it up since he's only fifty nine percent owned. Jameis Winston should be on a roster. I mean, like he should be near hundred percent owned in all leagues. Absolutely, man. I mean, we talked about it a bunch last week on the pod, um, on the weekly pod, I should say, with Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers. He was his start of the week for us, and he came through in a huge way. Um, I believe it was north of 35-ish fantasy points, something like that. Yeah. Almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it's whatever quarterback is playing in Tampa Bay, sign me up. Yeah. Well, are we going to see a third one this year? I mean, we might <laughs> the way things have been going. You never but... know, man. Crazy things have happened in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, you know, he gets to play Cleveland this week, and I know that his next couple of matchups aren't exactly stellar, but with how this team's throwing the ball, uh, he should be 100% owned. So, if you are, if you're struggling, go out and get him. But uh, let, let's talk about a yeah, different guy. An, oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say another great takeaway from this is whoever is playing against the Falcons as, at the quarterback position, uh, that's a stream right there for the week, regardless of who it is and what the quarterback is, because that defense cannot stop anybody right now. They're just totally destroyed by injury. At almost any position, to be perfectly honest, I'll start a running back, receiver, tight end, anything against the Falcons right now. Uh, I'm with you. There. 100%. Yeah. Let, let's move on and talk about Mr. Mitchell Trubisky. He's um he's been looking pretty good. This last game he had 316 yards, three three th- uh passing touchdowns and then uh 47 yards on the ground rushing. He's turning into a viable fantasy option and if, you know, there's plenty of quarterback options out there, but if you're looking at good matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks, you might want to pocket them if you have a deeper roster, pay 1 or 2 bucks. I don't think I'd go any higher than that. But how, how do you feel about Troops? Yeah, I mean, he was a guy coming in that I think a lot of people are hyped on because of the fact that they compared the offense in Chicago to the Rams offense and that it was a younger quarterback, second year, breakout, the whole nine. Um, and maybe we're actually starting to see that come to fruition. This is now back-to-back games for Trubisky where he's come out and played extremely well. Um, two weeks ago was that six-touchdown performance, which obviously is not repeatable, but anytime you put up over 300 yards and three touchdowns, yeah, it catches your eye. So like you said, more of a streaming option. Definitely can't rely on him week to week. Well, and here's the thing. Two weeks ago, he played against the Buccaneers, so naturally you were expecting some points. Not what he did, but you were expecting a good game. Uh, but this last week, he did it against the Dolphins, who are considered a pretty strong secondary at this point. So uh, it's pretty nice to see that out of a, a, a an up-and-coming quarterback. So just someone to keep an yeah. eye on, I think. 
Yeah, man, he looked he looked confident out there too, and he looked good rushing the ball too, which not a lot of people talk about. It definitely provides a very safe floor in fantasy. So I like that out of a quarterback. If they get you thirty to forty rushing yards, it's an extra passing touchdown in most formats. So yep, um, yeah, I love that. Exactly. Yeah, he's very athletic and something not a lot of people really pay attention to all the time with quarterbacks. So let's let's swing over to the running back position. I think there's not a lot of like sexy names, but there's a couple guys that have some appeal to them. Uh, I guess we got to talk about Peyton Barber because he's back out of nowhere. He got the full workload again. You know, people are talking about uh, Ronald Jones is going to step up and take the lead role, but Peyton Barber uh, had over 100 yards rushing and then a reception for a touchdown this last week. So, or excuse me, I was looking at the wrong stat line, but he did. He did. He had a, a lot of rushing yards. I'll have to look up what they were exactly, but he he had a big day, and uh, it's kind of interesting that Ronald Jones isn't going to get a chance to take over, considering his draft stock. But if they want to continue the Peyton Barber experiment, I guess you got to hop on board. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to hop on board or not. I feel like, actually, and this might tell you all you need to know, Okada and I talked about Ronald Jones last week because we were saying there's a chance coming out of the bye. He might be the new guy that they go to, and they turn right back to Peyton Barber, who, yeah. you know, I'll bring up the stat line here. Uh, 13 rushes, 82 yards, okay, four catches for 24 yards, and he caught a touchdown. So, um, I mean, you like it. You like the numbers. I don't think anyone really out there started him. So I don't know that this is something that you're going to really rely on week to week. I, I could easily see them saying after a week of a bad performance from Barber saying, okay, back to you Ronald Jones and then just back and forth all year. Um, Here's the thing. You might be able to trade him. I mean, someone who really just isn't in tune with what's going on there. And the fact that Ronald Jones eventually going to take over, tr- I mean, try it, package him up with anything and just get him off your roster without dropping him. That's my, my piece of advice there. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. That's a perfect two-for-one type of player, or even three-for-one, where you package him with other decent names and get you know, a better, more reliable option. Because like I said, I don't think this is very reliable moving forward. Yeah, there's probably at least one team in your league that uh, could take a, a running back that gets a, that amount of touches. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's swing over to Frank Gore, uh, the running back one in Miami. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, at this point, can you really even deny it? He's getting the majority of the carries. I think Drake is still out uh, target get, uh, getting more targets. But Frank Gore, he, I mean, he's solid. He He's the one who rushed for over 100 yards and had a reception for 18 yards this last week. Uh, he gets a good matchup coming up next week. I, I'm ready to drop five, six dollars on him. I don't know how he's only ten percent owned still. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, honestly, what's happening with that backfield. I don't know what it is, but they do not want to use Kenyon Drake the way that he should be used. Um, yeah, it's it's Frank Gore. He's been the lead rusher in terms of attempts the last what three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Yep, that sounds right. I think you have to pay attention to it. Um, and I will say too, to point out Kenyon Drake had a very, very costly fall at the goal line that almost ended up losing them, the dolphins, the game. So, uh, if he gets in the doghouse for that, then yeah, more work for Frank Gore. Yeah. He gets to play against the lions this next week who have been notorious for giving up yards on the ground. In fact, uh, before this week, I listed Frank Gore as an early pickup, uh, to play next week. So I think he has flex consideration against the lions. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I mean, especially with bye weeks coming up and, and injuries. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not many guys waiver wire at this point in the season that can provide you an RB2 type of performance. So I, I definitely don't mind this one at all. 
Yeah, week seven starts to get nasty for bye weeks. So, oh yeah, Let, let's swing over uh, and talk real quick about Ido Smith, running back for the Falcons. Um, you know, he, he didn't do too much, but he has rushing touchdowns. He's getting, uh, he has three in a row now. Is it? And yeah, three weeks in a row with a rushing touchdown. I mean, maybe you know a little bit more about what's going on with Freeman's injury, but things are not sounding good. Yeah, I don't really have any more updates for you in terms of anything new from what we talked about last Wednesday. However, um, head coach Dan Quinn today came out to the media and said that he is doubtful that Freeman will play next Monday night. Um, and if that's the case, it's going to be, again, that two-headed monster with Coleman and Ito Smith, um, with Coleman now sliding into the Freeman role and Smith sliding into the Tevin Coleman role. So uh, both guys are definitely usable against a very, very lackluster Giants defense next Monday night. Yeah, Ito's a guy that is. If he's out there, I'll, I'll drop a dollar or two. Um, if I am looking for a desperation flex or something, it's probably not going to be much more than that. But definitely intriguing and worth having on a roster. But uh, yeah, let's let's go on to Marlon Mack, who is still surprisingly only twenty six percent owned. Uh, he's a starting running back, and you know, for whatever that's worth in, in this backfield, that's likely to be somewhat of, a, a, or definitely is, a running back by committee. And they're still looking at other running backs in free agency, from what I understand. So I don't know what what's oh, going they? on over I, I there. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I think I think I saw that somewhere. I, I'd have to double check, but uh, I I think Marlon Mack is worth. You know, I think you only have a dollar on him here, but I think I'm willing to spend five if he's on the waiver wire, and I'm in a position where I need running back. So pretty much always and uh yeah yeah i should probably put put that up a little bit to a few bucks i mean i guess i'm just uninspired by the colts rushing attack so far this season and i'm not really ready to say that because mac is in there now that he's going to be the guy for sure um we know that 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 offense goes through the air with through andrew luck and they pass the ball a ton um so for me i guess i'm i'm just not excited about anyone in the backfield uh, for a rushing standpoint from the Colts. I still like Naheem Hines a lot, but yeah, yeah. Uh, starting running backs, we say it all the time, worth their weight in gold. So if Mike's out there, he's definitely worth picking up. Yeah, Hines is still a pretty solid PPR play on any given week. Uh, the Colts worked out Thomas Rawls. That's who it was. So um, It's probably related to, I think it was Robert Turbin went out Turbin. with an injury yeah. in this one. and I, I don't know the specifics of it, but if they're shopping for a new running back, then obviously it means that here's a good chance Turbin can miss at least a week. Yeah. So uh, anyway, throw him on the roster. And then another running back here real quick to just maybe have on your roster. I put him on here uh, kind of real low-key, but Donta Foreman, you know, they said that he's not likely to be coming back week seven, which was the original goal. And I know you were worried about the Achilles tear, but it's hard to not have him on a roster. I've had people try and make even like a, trade he'd be like a third piece in a trade or something so there's people out there who have some desire for him he's 24 percent owned uh he's real low low uh chance here but I, I think he's worth grabbing yeah no i absolutely agree that he should be on a roster um he won't be on any of my rosters but yeah i do believe he should be he should be rostered for sure uh and it, honestly it's not really even because of the fact that i'm excited for him it's the fact that Lamar Miller has just looked so pedestrian out there. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you can see it coming, like the writing's on the wall, because this team is slowly starting to give Alfred Blue more and more work over the last two to three weeks. And if that's the case, it's going to turn into Devontae uh, Foreman, excuse me, I almost said Freeman, yeah. uh, when he comes back. So, 
yeah, I mean, he should definitely be rostered and, and just waiting to see what happens. If you've got an IR spot, he's the perfect guy to pick up and plug on that IR spot. Exactly. That's exactly what I did, too. So, All right, let's swing over to the wide receiver position. We're going to first talk about a bear, uh, a big scary bear. It is Taylor Gabriel. He's a wide receiver, and he's uh, only 22% owned. He had another big week. He had five receptions for 110 yards. Uh, we're just talking about how Trubisky's really coming into his game. Is Taylor Gabriel going to be a guy who benefits from that on a week-to-week basis? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I like what Gabriel's done a lot. And we talked about him, I think it was two weeks ago, you and I were on this pod talking about him and saying, hey, he's got a bye week coming up, stash him, because after that he's he's got some good matchups coming up. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's definitely a viable option. I don't know how much he's going to provide you in the red zone. He seems to be more of a between-the-20s type of guy and more of a deep threat. But um, certainly as a wide receiver three, I could see him being slotted into your lineup for sure. Yeah, I just have a concern for volume. I think there's you know potential that he puts up stinker weeks, and uh, those can kind of ruin your your fantasy weeks. So it's a little bit sketchy. He's a low um, low fab acquisition target, one or two dollars if you need a wide receiver. But uh, yeah, he's worth he's worth having. I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm right there with you. A couple bucks. Um, no one on the wide receivers this week for me is much of a high spend priority guy so yeah a couple bucks and i'd be happy to have him on my roster well let's swing over to chester rogers and now he's been kind of filling in in the absence of ty hilton and eric or excuse me not eric Brown, jack doyle uh who have been out recently and so he's been standing to benefit from that he had four receptions for 55 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets this last week um but my only concern is once those two guys come back that his production is just going to fall off the cliff so I'm going to kind of say I will stand back on him and let other people maybe chase points here. Um, I don't know. How, how how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think I agree with you in that once T.Y. and Jack Doyle come back, his target share is going to definitely be reduced. Um, I think, though, that the biggest kind of thing to point out here is that, you know, a week ago or two weeks ago, it was Naheem Hines we were all hyped up on. I had him as a start of the week. Then the week after that or the week before, I can't remember the order, but then it was Zach Pascal, um, a guy out of nowhere. So until these guys, these bigger names come back into the lineup, um, luck is just going to pretty much be spreading the ball around. I don't know how repeatable this volume is, like you mentioned. So uh, I think that it's viable that you could plug him in if you're desperate at the receiver position. But given how deep the receiver position is in general, I'd, I'd find it difficult to really be excited about throwing him into my lineup. Yeah. Up next is probably my favorite pickup of the week, and it is Jermaine Karras of uh, the New York Jets. He's a wide receiver. He's currently 1% owned. Uh, I, I, I'm i willing to spend anywhere from 8 to 10% uh, of my budget on him this week. I think that's going to be what it takes to get him. He had nine receptions for 94 yards on 10 targets. He was the clear benefactor from Quincy Anunua getting injured. Um, and actually, what, what are your... What are you hearing on Anunwa's injury, and how long will he be out? So Anunwa got banged up with an ankle injury. It's been reported that it's a high ankle sprain, um, and I think it was Ian Rappaport today tweeted that the MRI showed some ligament uh, sprains but no definite damage. He's going to be out for roughly about three to four weeks, so you're looking at a month-long period where Jermaine Curse could definitely be usable, and I agree with you. I'm going up to 10% of my budget. Mm-hmm. I think that he is going to be um a very very serviceable option over the next month 
without a Numwa. And to mention too, Terrell Pryor um, got banged up in this game with a groin injury. So if both of those guys miss, the target share is going to be there for Jermaine Curse, and I like it a lot. Jermaine Curse has been on my uh, Scott Fishbowl roster since day one. So <laughs> just waiting no, for this day. No fab being spent there. Yeah, but anyway. Um, all right, a couple more options here, wide receiver. Uh, we got Tyrell Williams had a very, very solid day. Um, he had 118 yards and two touchdowns, but it was on three receptions and four targets. Uh, yeah, if you started him, which I doubt many did, you had fun with it. But do you think that he's going to pass Mike Williams? I mean, it kind of started out this year that Mike Williams was the better uh, second option there in uh, Los Angeles. I keep wanting to say uh, San Diego. But anyway, uh, for the Chargers, uh, I don't know. Do you even want to own Tyrell Williams right now? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I'm not excited to go pick him up this week. Like we always talk about, it's it's volume that's predictive, it's air yards, it's targets, it's all those things. And uh, he just doesn't have the target share and the consistency. I went back on his week to week basis and preparing for this to see what it was like for him. And he has yet to exceed five targets this year in a game. So I think you're hoping for a long long shot and a deep bomb to catch touchdown and for me i i prefer to stay away from those type of players so uh i'm not super excited about williams i think that it could be an even split the rest of the season for that wide receiver two role in the offense between mike and tyrell yeah well speaking of volume this guy had a lot of it last week and it is oh my god i'm gonna have trouble saying this out loud because i don't think i've ever done it yet marquez valdez scantling i got that pretty close right Nailed it. All right, perfect. So um, he's 9% owned. You know, he's currently kind of uh, getting some targets and work because Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison are both banged up. Uh, He got 10 targets last week and seven receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. It was a very solid week if you started him. I know some did, so um, fantastic job picking him up and playing him. But what are your thoughts on Cobb and Allison and how long they're going to be out and is this something that Scantling can keep up here? Yeah, they're both dealing with hamstring injuries. I think the severity of the two is is different in that Cobbs is a lot more severe. He's now missed, I believe it's four weeks straight. Um, and he's told the media that he's not sure about how to manage this type of an injury because he hasn't had one before, which for me sends off some red flags because you, know, you never want to see a guy dealing with an injury and they're not sure what to do. Um, so for me, I'm not sure exactly if they're going to be back this coming week. I do know that both guys were game time decisions coming into Monday Night Football, and both guys tested it out in pregames. They were held out. Uh, so I think that both are close to returning. I would say if one returns, it's probably going to be Allison, though, before Cobb. Man, I'm done talking about hamstrings. I'm over it. I, I'm just, <laughs> That's I, all we talk I, about. Man. I don't want to talk about any more hamstrings. It's, uh, it's ruining the NFL. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, Scantling, I think, is worth having on a roster considering the the situation with those injuries uh so far tonight we are currently recording at halftime of the Packers game he has two targets he had one reception for 60 yards it was a big run for him and uh, I think as long as you're attached to Aaron Rodgers you're worth you're worth something in fantasy so I'm excited yeah for sure and like I think it was Okada mentioned last week uh you don't need both Cobb and Allison to miss for him to be relevant it can be one or the other the depth chart clearly shows that he is the next guy up. Um, and so far, he's been re- pretty productive with it. I hope he can do more in the second half here of Monday Night Football. 
Yeah, and then one last wide receiver to talk about here, and he this is I'm gonna say this is like a deep league, deep bench stash type thing. Well, maybe not stash, but uh, one where you have really dry waiver wires. But Josh Reynolds, wide receiver for the LA Rams, uh, could stand to benefit from Cooper Cup spraining his MCL this last week. And by the way, how did Cup go back in the game and play? Because that looked Dude, that like, was that was uh, incredible. That was Aaron Rodgers esque. Yeah. getting carted off the field. Uh, a beat reporter said that he couldn't even get off the cart on his own. He had to be lifted off. And then whatever happened at halftime, I don't know what they gave him, but they, yeah, the good stuff. onto the field. And he didn't really play much in the second half. He only played a few snaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible what these guys go through and how tough they are. Absolutely. I, I couldn't believe that. But um yeah, last week Josh Reynolds didn't really do anything. He just had one reception for negative two yards. So, yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> iffy. Yeah, I don't think I'm adding him unless I'm <laughs> like I don't know. I can't even think of a, a situation where it's worth it. But he's worth monitoring. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't know that I'm spending any fab to go get him. Um, I would say he's more of a wait and see what happens on waivers and if something happens in practice to any. You're starting receivers and you're desperate at the end of the week and you're looking at the waiver wire saying, crap, who should I pick up? Uh, Reynolds could be a guy that you just plug in last minute if you're desperate. That's kind of where I see it going. Um, the biggest reason is just because, like you mentioned, that Cooper Cup MCL sprain. So he should be out at least a week with that. Yep. And then real quick, we'll swing through the tight end position. I think it's actually pretty gross this week. I know last week you guys said that you talked about uh, Uzoma a little bit, but... I just wanted to kind of say that, you know, he's still pretty low owned and I think that he's worth a roster spot. He had six uh, targets last week, six, excuse me, seven targets, six receptions for 54 yards. And uh, frankly, if you need a tight end at this point, he's someone that you, you should have because Tyler Croft got injured now and uh, they're starting to run out of tight ends to throw to. So um, I think you should double down and add him on your roster if you if you have him available. Yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, the tight end position in fantasy is just becoming depleted and more depleted, it seems like, as the weeks go by. Uh, so, yeah, I like Uzoma, and clearly he's going to be uh, a fixture in this offense because of the fact that, like you mentioned, Tyler Croft is, is currently dealing with a foot injury. So I would definitely be okay with spending a few bucks to go get him, maybe even a little more if you're super desperate and you don't have any other options at the tight end position. Uh, definitely okay with spending up for him. Yeah, and then last on the list, we got to talk about uh, O.J. Howard, only because he's still only 54% owned. Um, I think he should be 100% owned, honestly. I, you know, we talked last week about uh, Cameron Brait and how he's, you know, start, to start of the week and uh, his rapport with Winston is really strong. But this last week, uh, both tight ends had a touchdown. They had a good day, a startable fantasy day, and that's definitely not something that you have the ability to shy away from in the tight end department. So... Uh, OJ Howard, roster him. I mean, go get him if he's out there. Yeah, I think a lot of people freaked out when they saw the the injury happen and then didn't want to hold him through his bye week and, and ended up dropping him. Yeah, he should definitely be 100% owned. I'll say I'm always a guy who roots for players coming back from injury because I want them to do well when they get back. So I was happy to see Howard out there in that aspect. But man, I was bummed because I wanted Cameron Brait to be a thing and be a rock-solid start of the week. He still found the end zone, so if you started him, he didn't kill you, but... Um, his upside could have been a lot higher if Howard wasn't there. We'll see, I think, which one of these guys becomes the main target for uh, Jameis Winston. To me, I, I feel like it's 
a little unclear, but regardless, you have to look at what Howard's done over the first four weeks of the season, which he was clearly the one in that tight end group. Uh, so he should definitely be rostered in at least 95% of leagues to 100% of leagues. Yeah, this last week, uh, Cameron Brait caught his sole target for 15 yards in that touchdown. Uh, O.J. Howard, though, had four targets, which he caught all of for 62 yards of the touchdown. So uh, I, if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd probably say that O.J. Howard might be the better play going forward. He's got that first-round draft caliber. He's uh, definitely one of the better all-around tight ends uh, that is young and upcoming in this league. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd put my money on Howard right now. Yeah, and the good thing is too, like you mentioned, with with him getting more volume, there's more risk for re-injury if that's the case. But he looked good out there, and he played with the brace. There's been reportedly no setbacks or re-injury with with him getting back out there. So essentially, at this point, he he'll still be a little less than hundred percent. But given that we've seen him do it for one week, you have to trust him in your lineup. Well, if you like it, I like it. So. Um, that's going to be it. Yeah. For, yeah. That's going to be it for today's <laughs> waivers show. Football's back on my monitor. So we got to wrap this up here so I can watch it. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, overall, not, not too exciting of a week. There's a couple decent names out there. So go, go hawk that waiver wire, stay on top of things, uh, crawl back, win some games, get to the playoffs. That's what we're here for. So bets. Great job today. Outstanding. You too, man, as always. All right, well, let's let's wrap this one up, and we'll see you guys again on Wednesday and then, of course, next week for the Waiver Pod following week seven. So thank you for listening, and once again, we are the Red Shirts.